I've experienced recently, oh, is this what mom guilt feels like? Like, you know, being new to being a stepmom, like I was gone for a whole week and missed a week with the kids and, you know, hearing from them, like, I miss you. I wish you were here. And me being like, I wish I was there too, but also I'm doing something really important for me. And when you grow up, I want you to know that it's important for you to prioritize yourself too. And I don't think I saw that with my mom. She didn't really have friends or like take a spa day or things like that. And um, I think it's important for kids to do that because if you don't make yourself a priority, are you showing them that in the future they shouldn't either? When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy, but the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove-Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast, where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. All right, guys, welcome back to the Powerful Parenting Podcast. Today, I'm here with the famous, the beautiful, the ever-talented Marley Jacks. And I'm so excited to have her on. Um, If you have not had the pleasure of meeting Marley, you're really missing out. She is a light in a room. She shines. And especially if you see her on stage, uh, she's going to drop value because she is an incredible entrepreneur and businesswoman. And you have got to see her YouTube channel. She is really doing some groundbreaking things and really challenging the status quo. Marley, welcome to the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, this is so fun. Like I never get to talk about these subjects. This is so fun. Yeah, absolutely. And so what I want everyone to kind of know and understand is that Marley is has a special situation that she's bringing to the table here today. And I want everybody to lean in because I think there's so much gold from what she's learned and what she's doing currently with their kids. And she's currently with Steve Larson. And um, Marley, they took a path that I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody do this whenever, because uh, Steve has three beautiful children, right? And um, Marley came on the scene as a stepmom, you guys. And so we hear all the wicked stories about the stepmom and there's all the stigma around the stepmom. And yet here we are and, and Marley was coming in. And so Marley, talk to us about how you and Steve decided to handle that. Yeah. And before being with, with Steve, I never saw myself as a stepmom because I think you just, yeah, Disney, they just ruined stepmoms for us. Like they're all evil. They're mean. They don't accept these children as their own. And it sounds terrible. And of course, when I met Steve, it was like, well, just you fall in love. And it's like, this is just the whole package. And before meeting them, I I think I overprepared in reading all the books about blended families and being a stepmom and loving his kids. Like, I think that was the name of one of the books that I read. And I just you know, seeing what you see on TV or horror stories that we just see on Facebook from families. Like sometimes there's these people that come into, you know, other relationships and the kids are like, they just reject you. Like, you're not my mom. I fully expected that. And I read all the books and did the therapy to like, how do I show up the best way and try to start this relationship off on the right foot? And so even before the first time I met them, I was just doing a lot of research and studying and trying to prepare. And when I met them, it was like, all of that went out the window and none of what I prepared for happened. And it's, I feel very lucky that it's all just been very easy and the kids are wonderful and they've accepted me. Um, And as I was introducing myself into their lives, we kind of went at their pace. It wasn't like, Mm. Hey, here's dad's girlfriend and she's here all the time and get used to it and whatever. It was like, 
I would, there, the first time I really hung out with them was we went as a group of families to a trampoline park so that it was just like, I was an adult among, you know, a bunch of friends. And then we did that a couple times at other like gatherings. And then I met them at a park and played with them at a park. And then it was, Hey, do you want to invite Marley over for a movie night sometime? And Hey, should we have lunch with Marley? And then it was like little introductions over time until when we got to the point where the kids were like, Hey, let's invite Marley over. And, and then oh. Stephen would say that they'd get you know dropped off uh, in his time with them. And uh, they'd be like, hi, dad, where's Marley? And it was it was great that the kids really showed us what they felt comfortable with instead of me just inserting myself into their lives. Oh, and, and so, you know, I think all the things that you guys worked so hard on in order to make sure that that was a smooth transition, it just yeah. paid off. I mean, I know sometimes kids can have more of a tendency to reject people, new people in their lives in that role, but it sounds like you guys were really, really smart about how you went about it. So what was that like for you as you're diving in and there's these kids that you don't really know, like what were some of the ways that you uh, tried to get to know them and connect with them? Yeah, well, there there's three, three girls and um, their ages now are nine, eight and five. And at the time when I met them was like two, four and whatever, six or seven, whatever the math is. <laughs> and um, And just getting to know them individually and they're all just... They're so different and so lively and have their own interests. And um, it's funny, the youngest one was the one that I was the most challenged with. She did this like little growl and she would like growl. And I was like, is she growling at me? And then one time I just like growled back and then it became a game. And it was like this cute little, <laughs> she's like two years old. And um, and then it became like this, you know, growl, cuddle game kind of thing. And But at first I was like, does she not like me? Like, I don't know what to do here. And just... <laughs> So funny, just like getting to know them and being interested in what they're interested in, but also giving them the space. Like when uh, the oldest daughter, she said at one point very early on, like, are you going to be our stepmom? And wow. the middle daughter was like shocked. Like we already have a mom. Like she was young, you know, at this time thinking a stepmom means that I don't have my mom anymore. And it was like, no, 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 you're safe. And gosh, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to take anyone's spot. I'm just here to be your friend right now. And it was just really sweet over time. Like I would never say stepmom, I would never be the one to introduce that. But then over time they were asking and then, you know, teasing Stephen, like Mary Marley, so she can be our stepmom, like officially oh. they, lead, they lead everything. And it's been, it's been really good. Wow. That's so smart of you guys. Was that something that you had insight on or y'all just kind of naturally came into that decision to let them lead? I would say like, I, I mean, Stephen definitely was the one that decided to let them lead in that way. I think he did a lot of research and just like, you know, studying what has gone wrong with other families or like books that we'd read that it was just like, yeah. you know, here's a stepmom that moved in too soon and the kids are still like overcoming the transition of being in two houses now. And so it was just like, take it so slow. Yeah. And so I, of course, like in a lot of parenting decisions, want Stephen to lead. He's been a parent much longer than I have. <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, Stephen, Stephen is, he's so good at making the right decisions and I trust him so much. And it's like, as you said, just paid off that our yeah. relationship with them and the kids is so strong because of the way we entered it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, refresh my memory and tell me, I might be remembering this wrong, but I think it was New Year's or Christmas or something. And I saw you going live and you had constructed 
this, what was it? You like the craziest like adventure type thing. And I saw the kids in the video and I was like, oh my gosh, like she is truly creating event horizons for these kids, like in her home. Like they didn't have to go to an ocean or some crazy place to create an event horizon. Like Marley was creating that um, right there inside their home. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Maybe I love hosting parties. Like one of my okay. dreams is just to host like the biggest parties that people are like begging for an invitation to, but they're like, did you hear about Marley's party? So I love doing things like that. And we love hosting people. And so like I did a big Friendsgiving party once where we had lots of like games and just like the whole house was full of food. Like we didn't even have room on the tables anymore for, th- for New Year's Eve. I had a bunch of people over. We had a bunch of games. I had like a top hat and a mustache on. That was it. We played Jeopardy. We played uh, Family Feud. We played like uh, trivia games and stuff like that. We love having people over and um, yeah, having experiences. That's that's really important to me. See, I love that so much because I just remember whenever I saw that video, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so incredibly, for one, creative. For two, just so much fun, right? And I feel like Sometimes we don't know how to create fun at home anymore for a lot of people. Like we feel overrun and we don't use our creative energy to create atmospheres and experiences in our own home for poor kids or the people who are coming to visit. And so I'm curious, did you, is that, how was your home? Whenever you were growing up in your home, did you guys do fun things like that? Or is that as a result of maybe there was a lack of that? Mm. My parents uh, were definitely homebodies, uh, but they also worked full time and ran businesses. So like who could blame? Oh, wow. Uh, so my, my parents were always very busy. And also we as kids, you know, had sports and music lessons and things like that. So we were busy too, but we would have get togethers with our family. Like my, my mom and I'm really close with my, my grandparents on my mom's side. And so we would have like lots of just, you know, gatherings, dinners. And I don't really know where my love of like creating these big theme parties came from, but I just, I love having lots of people around and, um, yeah, growing up, it was very close with family, but we didn't have like big circles of friends. And I love that for my kids now that they see that I have lots of girlfriends that I'll go out with or have like a weekend girls trip with. And, you know, I, I've experienced recently, oh, is this what mom guilt feels like? Like, you know, being new to being a stepmom, like I was gone for a whole week and missed a week with the kids. And you know, hearing from them, like, I miss you. I wish you were here. And me being like, I wish I was there too. But also I'm doing something really important for me. And when you grow up, I want you to know that it's important for you to prioritize yourself too. And I don't think I saw that with, with my mom. Mm. She didn't really have friends or like take a spa day or things like that. And, um, I think it's important for kids to do that because if you don't make yourself a priority, are you showing them that in the future they shouldn't either? Exactly. Because if you're a helicopter parent or someone who, uh, is just ever present, there might be some really beautiful benefits at the beginning of that. But towards the end, as they're tweens and teens, it's so, like you said, vitally important for them to see you modeling what you want them to do, which is self-care, take care of yourself, build relationships with other people, other adults (laughs) as you can, right? I I know I went through a season where it wasn't even possible to create those relationships because like homeschooling and business and all of that. And it was just so intense. But I think that that's a very good, good, good thing to make sure you're modeling for your kids. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about that, uh, you know, comes up a lot on the podcast very intentionally because screens are something in our lives, whether it is, you know, movies, uh, TV, whether it's online video games, uh, a gaming console, uh, social media, whatever the thing is, it's like, there seems to always be an opportunity for a screen to be in your hand or in your child's hand. And I asked you before we started, you know, do you guys, do you have any struggles right now with screens in your home? And you're like, "Mm." No, not really. And I'm like, that's 
so awesome. So I want to talk to you about why, yeah. why, why do you feel like you wow. don't have uh, any uh, struggles with screens in your homes right now? Like, what does it look like in your home right now with screens? As of right now, I think it's a, just a lack of exposure, which I think there's a fine line too, because you also do want your kids to be in the know with technology that they, you know, they don't go to school and they don't know how to use a computer and then they're, you know, limited growing up or anything. So, and for me, like I grew up with a computer. My dad had you know, all the equipment that I think was like ahead of it. Like I was two years old and turning on the windows operating system by typing in W I N enter at two years old. Like I, I, oh my gosh. I was in technology very young, but I'm also really glad that I didn't have social media when I was in school, the way that kids do now. And I know that that's something that we're going to have to navigate because I have heard whispers from parents with kids our age saying like, they're asking for a phone. They want to be on TikTok. They want to get Snapchat. And it's like, ooh, I'm sure we're not far from getting those questions too. As of right now, though, we just, we don't, we, their friends aren't, you know, making them feel like they're missing out by not being on TikTok. Like the oldest right now, she's nine. So I'm sure it's right around the corner though. We do have like, now that it's summer uh, and they're off school all day, we've had to put some structure around like, okay, we get TV for like an hour, not three, not five. <laughs> this is go play. And, and they're because they just don't have iPads or phones or anything, they just they use their imagination. Like they're the kind of kids that you their birthday presents, they're playing with the boxes and they're turning them into theaters for their Barbies and stuff like that. Like if you don't give the kids technology, they will still find things to play with. Oh, 100%. I love that. It's so true. So what about the fact, I'm sure you have an iPad? Yeah. Okay. So like, how does that work in your home? So if they see the iPad, can I play a game on the iPad? Or do they just not even ask because that's technically Marley's iPad or dad's iPad? And I just don't ask. Yeah. So our youngest, so she was in preschool this year. So she was at home more during the day and we had a babysitter for her during some of those hours. And she would sometimes watch shows like TV on the, the iPad. And then I just thought to myself, well, I should get her like a, there, there's some cool apps for like, um, you know, school drawing your letters and things like that. So I got her like a Sesame Street app and the only apps I ever introduced were all educational ones. Mm-hmm. And then um, when she would ask me if she could use the iPad, I said, you know what will make me want to say yes? Ask me if you can do your homework. <laughs> And so she'd be like, can I do my homework? And I'd be like, yes, you can. And so that was like, instead of it just being, I want to play on the iPad, it was like, I know she's doing the Sesame Street drawing her letters and stuff. So that also helped me to disassociate from like, she's not just glued to a screen. It's, you know, equivalent to being on paper or sitting in front of a, you know, the TV, but there's still, um, she only, she really didn't, it wasn't something that she, we would have to be like, hey, you're done only 30 minutes. Like, if she's doing these, you know, educational drawing or whatever, I wasn't worried about that. And her attention span with uh, the shows on the iPad was really like one episode of Bluey and then she'd be out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people don't necessarily, I don't know, they, they, there's this pressure actually in our society for their kid to have an iPad. Um, and it always seems like a really great idea. And I'm not knocking anybody who has bought an iPad for their kids because everybody's in their own unique journey um, and for what makes sense for their family. But what happens, I feel like, is a lot of people just, they think that's a good idea. And yeah, technically probably is, probably probably is at the moment, but 
it's what unfolds afterwards that you just may not be aware of, especially, you know, whenever the kids are just old enough to be like, oh, there's the app store. What kind of games can I find, you know, and what can I download? And, and if you let them download other games, the, the thing that always seems to get a lot of parents is kid just wanted to play this little simple game and they just click these little buttons for, you know, making the blocks go together. It's not, not a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, you're so right. Um, and then they'll come back and they'll be like, you know, there were these horrible ads on, on these kids games, just horrible ads, or, you know, it would lead to another game that maybe wasn't quite so innocent, you know? And, um, so there's just a lot that goes on there. And so I find it, I, I love how you guys have chosen to, to approach it. And yeah, you're right around the corner. Everybody's right around the corner. Whenever we are, have the age range of anywhere, you know, from birth all the way to run. I say, I think around seven, eight, and nine is kind of the age when the other kids really start uh, diving into, you know, having their own phones for multiple reasons. And the conversation starts to happen. And it's where we kind of have to start asking ourselves, how important is it, right? And and then what do we do with the technology that we do have once we decide to say yes? And then how do we continue to monitor and, and be an active participant in our child's screen health? Because it's to me, it's like our kids, you know, we know about the financial health that we need to teach our kids how to be financial, you know, financially wise, how to eat right, how to take care of their bodies, how to have good friendships, right? But so many people I don't think or have taken on the, the um, mantle, if you will, of like, okay, one of my roles as, as a mom is to be their screen advocate, you know, and, and it's not going away. It's not like a one-time fix. Okay. Yeah. Screens are fixed in our home because it's always changing and they're always growing. And as much as I hate to say it, most kids are going to be smarter than their parents when it comes to technology. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you really have to stay on top of it. Um, and so I, I love what you guys have done there. I think that's so smart. Yeah. And, and whenever you guys are, you both are incredible entrepreneurs with, I mean, I'm not talking like little vision here. You and Steve both have ginormous vision and passion for life and you're doing so many things. How are you and Steve juggling that? And, and, and really you, like, how do you prioritize spending time with the girls and what does that look like for you? Um, there's certainly, you know, periods of hustle where we're like, if we're in the middle of a launch or something, we just have to like shift the hours that we work. We also do have the kids 50, 50. So one week on one week off. So it's like during the weeks on our time is a lot more structured. Maybe we're working, you know, 5am to 8am, then, you know, get them to school, then working during the day and then having the evenings free. And the weeks that we don't have them is like week, if we have to, you know, do a 12 hour day there, not that we, not that we have to do that all the time, but like, we're in a hustle right now. We're both planning events and like things are, are busy right now, but you know, we get the kids and it's like the weeks on because we have that space. Um, and the weeks off, we can just be more intentional. And I, I had a friend being like, yeah, if, if I was a mom 50, 50, like I would just be so much better of a mom. Not that like, I have no idea what it's like any other way, but it's yeah. Like I just, I plan my time that when I'm with them, I just try to be like all in with them. And then when I'm not, I miss yeah. them and I want them back. So, um, I mean, I'm sure anyone can relate to like when you have space from your kids, whether they go for a sleepover or, you know, you're on a trip, like you think about them all the time. So yeah, just like trying to, to manage the schedule, but also we also bring them along with mm. us. Like when we have, 
business trips, like we fully intend to just bring them and like show them what we're doing and let them be along for the adventure. Or if we have to work on a weekend and like, sometimes we've gone to our office and it's, you've been to our office, like we have a stage there and uh, a whole like event space that the kids will put on the microphone and introduce themselves (laughs) to stage. And like, sometimes we'll have a little smoke machine going and they'll give speeches for each other. And it's like, they see what we're doing and we show them what we're doing, or we, we tell them, why we're doing it. Like, um, you know, Stephen had an event a few weeks ago and, um, there were some nights that he was uh, home a little bit later than usual. And it was really cool that like, I would pull up, you know, the event virtually and be like, look what dad's doing. And do you know who's watching him right now? Other people that have kids. And those are moms and dads that dad's teaching them how to make money so that they can grow their businesses so that they can spend more time with their families. Isn't that really cool? Oh. Isn't that amazing? Like, let's really celebrate dad when he gets home and tell me he did a good Aww. job. And so, sure, they, you know, if, if he misses a dinner one night, of course, the kids are like, where's dad? What's going on? But to let them in on what's happening and be like, this is an amazing thing that we get to do. And like, one day, maybe you'll decide to do something Ugh. like this or just whatever you do. I hope that you feel empowered and passionate about what you do and who you get to serve. That, um, yeah, of course, they miss dad or miss me if I'm away. I was away all last week. And, um, you know, we just communicate why and what we're doing and what we're going to do when we're back together. Man, Marley, I got to applaud you for that. Uh, there's a interview I did with Matt and Jen Vrains. And if you get an opportunity, I would highly encourage you to listen to it. Matt did some really cool things because Jen, in, in the beginning of their relationship, was pretty much the entrepreneur. She's an artist. And so she was traveling all over the place and doing um, at these huge art shows. And, and she was gone a lot at the beginning or just in the studio, literally painting, you know. And Matt had this incredible way of supporting her in a way that didn't make the kids resent that mom was gone a lot. Yeah, that's important. So important. And I think a lot of times whenever you are in the weeds and maybe you're the supportive, you're the one in the supportive role and your spouse is traveling or they're behind a computer all the time, you know, having someone to be there to rally like you did for him and say, look, and like celebrate the work that's being done and the why behind it. I think that is so incredibly powerful. And Matt and Jen's story, they have raised some of the most incredible young men. I mean, and and they have a daughter too, but the two oldest, you know, have gone on to build multiple seven figure businesses. I think one just crossed over eight figures, Mason Brains. And it's phenomenal. And and the the reason why it's so cool is because I got to have a conversation with Mason one evening out um, whenever we were all at one of these events and he was there and his parents were there. And I just started asking some questions and the respect and the love that he has for his parents is so inspiring. And they were so busy. They were so busy amongst all the things. And to hear Mason talk about both of his parents and how his dad was there and, and encouraged the kids to support mom and, and just how he showed up. So it's a great interview. And I would highly suggest that everybody who's listening, check it out. But Marley, bravo, like bravo for doing that because it's something that sometimes, it, even if it doesn't just dawn on anybody, like they just didn't think to do it. A lot of times, you know, the the person who is at home and the other one's off doing things kind of get, you know, if they're tired or they're resentful or frustrated and it affects the kids. Yeah. And it's also changing the story around work. What does work actually mean? It's not that I have to work. It's that I get to work. Like we are entrepreneurs and we choose the business that we create. And a lot of us create businesses based on our passion or our hobby that we turn into a career, into a business. And so sometimes if the kids would be like, oh, you have to work, it's like, I get to work. 
And here's what we're doing. Come see what we're doing. And one day, I hope that you find a career or build a business that you're just as excited about that you get to work. You get to do these amazing things. Yes, that is so, so good. Hey, powerful parents. Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patience, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair, print them out, have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. Another thing that you mentioned uh, previously about what you guys have chosen to do with the kids in phones is that you actually got them a device. And uh, I would love for you to share with everybody because we actually, we have an affiliate code for Gab Wireless. We, I love Gab. I think they're wonderful. And Gab essentially is a company that stood up and said, Hey, you know what? We're going to create a solution so that parents don't have to put device into people, into their kids' hands that is meant for an adult. And so they actually have a really nice looking phone. I mean, it could be mistaken for an iPhone And then they also have devices that look like Apple watches as well that act as a wireless phone for your kids. So they don't have to have access to all the different social medias and all of that. And some of them even have cameras, so they don't have to miss out on that part of it. So it's a really neat alternate, just a solution that you can go to instead of having to hand them a full-on iPhone or Android with all of the complications that come along with that. And so Marley was telling me that they have chosen to use Gab. So Marley, tell us how you're using that. Yeah, they got the watches and uh yeah, when they when they turned eight, they get the watch. They turn eight, they get the watch. So we still have one more that she's a little too young, wouldn't even know how to use it. But it's it's been so great that, you know, when they're at mom's house for the week and then they come to our house, like they can communicate with you know both mom and dad and be able to talk to grandma and grandpa and they can text on it and um just be able to, you know, communicate whenever they want to and not have to, you know, borrow mom's phone or borrow dad's phone, like they could just have access to funny thing is with theirs, like they forget to wear them a lot. So it's like, look how unattached they are to screens. Like I have to remind them, put your watch that's on. That's so awesome. That's, that's so, not a place that most people find yeah. themselves in. So bravo and and hold off as long as you can, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, doesn't yeah. work for everybody. But uh, so Marley, tell me, will you like, when you were growing up as a young lady uh, and thinking about your future, was being a mom on the table? And if so, what were your thoughts around being a mom? Yeah, I always imagined that I would like, you know, when you're growing up, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I was like, a mommy. My answer when I was like, my first answer when I was little was a mommy. And so I always assumed that I would and life took me in a different direction. I 
uh, went through a divorce in 2020, which was, you know, unfortunate at the time, but also the best thing for us. And I'm so thankful for it because I am where I am today. And I had to go through that to be able to receive the kind of love that I have with Steven before that. I just, I had unhealthy patterns in relationships and had to go through that to be here where I am. And I imagine that if I had children before in my previous marriage or any previous relationships, I don't think that I would have been in the healthy state that I am today and would have been a much different parent. And now being in this relationship where I get to be a stepmom or we kind of joke fast action bonus mom. That's so awesome. <laughs> um, I know. I was like stepmom. I don't want to, you know, Disney's ruined that word. Not actually, but uh, I just, I'm so happy being a stepmom and with uh, the businesses that we have, like, I feel like I get the best of both worlds that I get to be all in on being a mom 50% of the time and then still run my business. Oh, that's beautiful. So with everything you've got going on, we've talked a lot about, you know, the 50% here and 50% there. So do you believe in work-life balance? We've, we've had these conversations with lots of different people. So what is your thoughts on work-life balance? I think it it's its own definition to everyone. It's like beauty is in the eye of the beholder and work-life balance is also uh, in the eye of the beholder. Like, what does that mean for you? Sometimes balance might be that you work 12-hour days for a few weeks so that you can take it easy next quarter. And with us, with the kids, it's like during the weeks that we have them, we try to be as present during those times. And then the weeks that we don't, we might work 12 hour days or might be traveling to an event and, you know, craziness Mm -hmm. like that. So I, I don't, I don't know what, I think that most people would say like the definition of work-life balance is like, I like the eight, eight, eight rule, like really of 24 hours in a day. So like eight hours for work, eight hours for sleep, eight hours for you for play. And I think that's a good guideline, but is it realistic based on whatever you're working on at the time? Like if you are trying to build a million dollar business, can you do that in eight hours a day? Maybe there's going to be some times that require 12. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So true. I love that. And I, you're the first person to really kind of say it's in the eye of the beholder (laughs) because, but I think, I think you're really right because it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people and especially in their circumstances and what they've got going on. So I would love to just kind of talk about just to wrap things up at the end of just any of your thoughts and encouragements to any entrepreneurial parents out there that maybe they're struggling and maybe with some of that mom guilt um, and and they're kind of wondering, or maybe maybe we've got some awesome stepmoms out there right now who are listening. If you've got any encouragement to them, I would love for you just to take you know a minute or two and just any encouragement you have for them because you're kind of on the, the other side of the potentially ugly part at the beginning there. And the intro. So like, do you have any encouragement for any stepmoms that might be listening or just parents in general? Yeah. I saw a quote recently that was like, the only person that remembers how much overtime you worked is your kids. And my parents, I mentioned a little bit earlier that they had full-time jobs and they ran businesses. And then they also, you know, took us to sports and music lessons. And my mom sewed all of our Halloween costumes and cooked every meal from scratch. And like the house was immaculate. And my memories, looking back, I have an amazing childhood, but I also remember my mom always being tired. Mm. And I don't care who did the laundry. And I don't care that she made pasta from scratch instead of store-bought noodles. Like, And I, I have heard, it was actually Katie Sharfin that said that to me as well, that she's like, my kids don't care that I was the one that folded their laundry. They care that if I got down on my knees and played on the floor with them. 
And she's like, so I'm going to, you know, I'm going to outsource that. I'm going to take the time for what really matters. And so I think about that with our kids too, that yes, I'm going to bring them in on the adventures that we're having, the business that we're running and show them what we're doing and who we're serving and why we're making this money. And like the same goals that that we set in our business, like let's create family goals that when we create this, let's go to Disneyland. And like, they, they get involved in like in goal setting the same way that we do in business. But also, you know, I, I hire a house cleaner. Oh my gosh. Like I don't, I'm not even going to let myself feel any of the self-inflicted mom guilt of like someone else vacuums the floor or like cleans the bathroom. I hate cleaning bathrooms. I would much rather be making up, you know, doing a, my four-year-old, five-year-old is right now like loves puzzles. So yeah, I'm going to be on the, on the floor making a puzzle with her instead of doing like cleaning the counter. And so like, I can't outsource parenting and the time that I have with my kids and I don't want to, that's the most important thing. And I also grew up in a family where it's like, you know, be so efficient with money, but the returns, like the return on time investment of me not being the one that is folding my own laundry or whatever, like I still fold laundry, but, but um, and we teach our kids to have personal responsibility too. <laughs> I just, I think I saw so much in my childhood, mom guilt and like the self-inflicted pressure of what they felt like they should be doing. And I have amazing, oh my gosh, like I still have all my Halloween costumes from when I was a kid. It's so special to me that my mom made those. Wow. But also, like, if she was tired, she could have easily bought one and, like, taken me out trick-or-treating. I wouldn't have thought anything. I wouldn't remember. Yep. Yeah, no difference. I think that is so, so powerful because it frees us from um, trying to be something that we're not, potentially, or that we don't have to be, I suppose, because there's that um, ideal in our brain. But realistically, you know, there's a lot of incredible women that people look up to. For me personally, like, there's the, you know, people talk about the Proverbs 31 woman. And, um, whenever you actually look into like the Proverbs 31 woman out of the Bible, she was an entrepreneur. She had so much going on in her life, but yet she was also, you know, a present mother. And, and I think that, uh, it doesn't have to be what a lot of people think it needs to be. So thank you for that encouragement. You are so amazing, Marley. Um, and just so encouraging. Uh, I want to give an opportunity really quick, um, just for everybody to know where should they go to connect with you and to, to learn more about what you're doing. Yeah. Well, I would love for people to watch. We're making some really awesome content and documentaries on my YouTube channel. You can go to youtube.com slash Marley Jacks. And that's J A X X. Um, and we also help entrepreneurs build their business and generate leads on YouTube. So if you're interested in that, you can go to VIPleadmachine.com. Okay. But first, Marley, because you didn't, I want more juiciness because you just produced this incredible documentary mm -hmm. all about being uh, canceled and cancel culture. And it was phenomenal. I, I, and you also did like this huge public thing and it was so amazing. And so I just want you to talk about what are you doing on this YouTube channel? Why should they tune in? Because it's really, truly phenomenal and, and different. It's very different. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting because you were with me in person when the, the cancel culture documentary was coming out. We did a very public uh, publicity stunt to make a point about cancel culture that uh, I got. I did an experiment to try to get myself canceled. And we created a lot of buzz and a lot of uh, a lot of hype. People were mad about it. People are still mad about it. Some people absolutely hated it. But I think the bigger picture is people loved it and saw that saw the point that we were trying to create around how damaging cancel culture is and to really not believe everything that you see or hear on the internet. And since releasing that documentary, we're actually going to New York uh, next week because it's been invited to screen at the Manhattan <gasps> Film Festival. 
So like, I didn't expect that. I know I didn't expect that at all when creating this YouTube video, um, this documentary. Um, and then it's also in the LA documentary film festival and the former president of Paramount has seen it like, and it was just our first one and we still have so many more to come. So it's really exciting. Oh, we have, uh, the next one coming out should be next week. I'm hoping they take a lot longer than, t- you know, your typical talking head YouTube video. So um, they're really, they're meant to be on like polarizing controversial topics and, but also showing uh, entrepreneurs like how, to, how to potentially use some different tactics in their marketing that uh, so the next one coming out is called Fabricating a Scandal. And we explore scandals in pop culture, in marketing, in politics, and how it's built a brand. And are some of these scandals fabricated on purpose? Mm. So use that, use your power for good if you if you <laughs> dissect that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. So by the time this podcast comes out, that will already have aired. So you've got to go check it out. Uh, Marley, just thank you so much for coming on. I am just so excited to be able to share you with the world and and all your thoughts here on this side of that, you know, you're over here killing it and rocking it and being a mom to these three beautiful girls and making the most of it. And I think you're an example for people who are stepping into a similar role and, and also too, just people who are dealing with um, blended families where you don't have the kids 24 seven. And that can be difficult and challenging. And I just think you guys are doing a wonderful job of navigating that. So thank you for coming on and sharing your heart. Thank you. This is so fun. And I'm excited for all the success of this podcast. I think that this is a topic that uh, parents you know, need a community to be able to hear stories and share theirs. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.